Thank you very kindly, Pastor Sawyer. What a delight to be with you this morning. This is a great time to be alive. Bless the Lord. Ten of you agree with me. Let me try that again. It's a great time to be alive. Amen. Great to be with you here. Great to be with your pastor and his wife. I believe that they are just some of the very best you're going to find anywhere in the world. Pastor George was with us last year in South Africa, and I've got to tell you, this man preached the paint off the wall. He did so great, he was so mightily used of God that everybody wants him to come back. So we want him to come back. I just want to tell you that I so appreciate him. He's a great man of God, a great preacher, a humble but he loves the Lord, and he serves the Lord with gladness. Great, great, wonderful man of God. And I so appreciate him and his friendship. And then, of course, there is his wife, Phyllis. If it weren't for her, I don't know where he would have been. So, <laughs> No question. Oh, just such a delight to be with you this morning. And thank you for this opportunity, Pastor uh, I'm not going to take up too much time because uh, I, I know we have come to worship, but all of this that we're talking about is all part of worship because when we build the kingdom, we are worshiping. South Africa is a very unique country and is more unique in its circumstances now than it's ever been. There was a time that it was one of the richest countries in the world, and today it's going down faster than you can imagine. Their financial status has now been downgraded to junk status. After you think that they had the largest producing gold and silver, platinum, uranium, uranium, and the list goes on, it's just unbelievable. After years and years of corruption, they finally now have a new president, but unfortunately nothing has changed yet. Now, that's not what I want to talk to you about because that's the political scene. I want to talk to you about what God is doing in the country. There are tremendous challenges because of the, the political scene, and that's why I just mentioned that by means of introduction. The political atmosphere is changing so much that from where South Africa had been outright a Christian nation, Christianity is now being moved to the side. The amazing thing that is happening is that, the, that Islam is moving in with vengeance, if I can use that word with permission. Right now, the Muslim population in South Africa is only 2%, but they already have a 32% representation in government. Now, you and I realize that not all Muslims are bad. Not everybody that's related to Islam is horrible. But if the message is to snuff out the voice of the church, then we had better pay attention. Now, a few years ago, they gave charge to every church in the nation to register with the government. That had to be done by March of this year. Now, some of you will grasp immediately what I mean when I say 
register with the government. I'm not talking about a 501c3 or something like that. They already had to have that. But register to get permission to preach. Permission to gather. And if they were not fully registered with the government by March of this year, and they would dare to gather to preach the gospel, they will be in prison. If that is not actually yet enforced, I cannot tell you, but I'm just trying to tell you that's the law on the books right now. Now, the second phase that they are going to introduce is that all these registered churches have to turn in their fundamentals of faith, their doctrinal statements to the government. And the idea is to design a statement or doctrinal faith that will appease everybody across the nation. One of the applications would be that no church will have the right to proselyte somebody from another faith. Well, absolutely, there goes missions, there goes evangelism, and a whole lot of other things. In the face of that, we have to rise up and make sure that we are raising leaders, pastors and leaders, and providing information in their hands and documentation that they can have and material that they can provide to their people so that when the day comes when the axe is finally going to fall, it will in actual fact be too late. There will be too many people raised up too many people trained, too many people equipped, too much material released for it ever to kill the voice of the church. Because we know that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of the hell shall not prevail against it. The Lord has helped us to design a program all through South Africa and given us given us revelation that we, we, we have touched a nerve. It could only have been the heart of God. We started a few years ago with transition from having mass crusades to raising up pastors and leaders and equipping networks. The Lord has blessed us tremendously in that and we have seen networks begin to explode. One of my spiritual sons now has one of the largest church networks in the entire nation. When we had our first conference, they, they came together for the first time and it changed something in the face of the nation. And within one year, that, that network exploded to be somewhere around 3,000 churches. Right now, they are headed for 5,000 churches that are part of that network. And we have gathered them, their pastors and their leaders, and we have trained them and we have equipped them. And Pastor Sawyer was one of our excellent speakers at those conferences, and the Lord blessed us. We went uh, to four different cities. Uh, we, we saw great impact. Now I've got to tell you that we reached something like between eight and 9,000 pastors and leaders last year. That was a good place to say amen. But it's growing so rapidly, and more and more churches are exploding across the nation. 
that we now have to go to a second phase to reach them. And what we're going to do this year is because what we've done in the past, we went as a team and the whole team went from one city to the next, to the next, to the next. This year we can't do it anymore. The reason being the crowds have become too large. The numbers have become overwhelming. So this year, we're going to get together in our first conference. Everybody, the whole team will be together and everybody will gather. But the next day, we're assigning pastors like Pastor George that will go to a city, well, not a city only, but go to a region and do on his own an entire day of leadership development and preaching in that whole region. So we will be sending pastors and leaders from the United States, pace-setting pastors and leaders to different regions, hopefully to eight, no less than eight. I hope we can do more. And then reach the pastors and leaders at their home base and leaving material in their hands so that we can see a generation rising up to the glory of God. But I want you to realize what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. In what we are doing now, we are reaching this entire nation in the face of what may come from the negative side. We are reaching a nation, and the way we're going to do it now, by going to different regions, the way that God has given us is going to not only impact the network, it has the potential of changing a nation. A nation is going to be touched. It's already begun. And the great thing about that is that you, Calvary, are part of building the kingdom in South Africa. Yes, give the Lord a good hand of praise. So when I look at you today, I come with great appreciation, sincere thankfulness to say thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Calvary. Thank you for partnering with us. We have hit a nerve that has the potential of changing a nation. Pastor, I think you covered it well. <laughs> so, thank you, Dr. Bosman. I just—I I never cease to be amazed. It's as we as we stepped up and have have been sacrificially given as we have as a church family. God's opened greater doors than ever before, and I believe they're strategic. As in, as, as the gospel is trying to be limited in the nation, here is God raising up pastors and churches. Now they're just multiplying, so that we have to change our strategy from one year, almost double the number of churches that are there. And then we go back this year, we train them and work with the pastors. And uh, so I'm excited about being in these areas that we've heard about on the news, places that in South Africa once represented, you know, uh, apartheid and, and, and division and poverty and hopelessness. Now the gospel is going in and breaking down barriers and nothing else could ever break down in that nation. And you know, South Africa, what happens in South Africa affects the entire continent of Africa. So it's a tremendously 
critical moment, and for, for us to get to go and be a part of that is an honor and a blessing. So thank God. Thank God, Calvary family, for what's happening. Dr. Bosman, let me pray. Father, I thank you for this man of God that you sent. Lord, our hearts are open to receive your word. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Church family, pray that with me right now. Father, we need ears to hear and hearts ready for the word of God right now. Anoint Dr. Bosman. Use him greatly. Lord, we are here. We're ready. We're hungry. We believe that you have brought a God time, a God word for us. And we give you thanks and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Dr. Pastor. I just want to say, uh, church, uh, please allow your pastor to go with us again this year and make it possible for him to go in great ways. Uh, I didn't know that uh, we're probably not going to cover that, but I just want to say one of the things that we have to do when we have these huge conferences We've got to feed all of them that come. We've got to bust them in. We've got to print all the material. It's unbelievable what it all takes. But I believe that Calvary is sowing good seed into good soil, and you're going to see a good harvest. And with that, let me just say this. Please always remember that the seed never changes the soil. Think about that for a moment. The seed never changes the soil. It doesn't matter how good the seed is. If the soil is bad, the harvest is going to be horrible. Check out the soil before you sow your seed. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor, for being so very, very kind. And our Heavenly Father, we ask in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit that these next few moments will become life-changing moments and that our Father God will be glorified and magnified forevermore. Amen. I want to refer your attention this morning to the Old Testament in the book of the prophet Ezekiel portion that I'm sure most of you may have read in the past or at least have heard somebody preach about that. Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to begin to read in verse number one and we're not going to stay long at every phrase and every juncture but I do want to summarize that. As we draw our attention to this unbelievable vision that the man of God has had. We want to make an application to where you and I are. And I believe that this message this morning has every potential of igniting our faith and raising our hope. Israel had been enslaved in Egypt for over 100 years. And then God brought them out into the promised land. But the Bible says they then went back into 
captivity again. And Nebuchadnezzar and his Babylonian army invaded Israel at a certain point in time, reduced Solomon's temple to ashes, and took many of the Jewish people back to Babylon as captives. And it's within these horrendous circumstances where we now find Ezekiel that we are going to read about. What was so incredible about this situation is that we have a nation of great potential, a nation of great blessing, but finding themselves in a place where their spiritual energy had died. They have come to a place of hopelessness and of discouragement. A place of we don't know where to go from here. But I'm so happy that I know that our God never settles with impossibility. So the Lord instructs Ezekiel in a dynamic way to prophesy to the people about their promised return to their land. So in this, Ezekiel has a vision of where Israel finds themselves. But because of the grace and the mercy of God, he is not only going to experience the spiritual death, but also see the dynamic spiritual outcome. So God takes him in this vision to a valley that is filled with very dry bones. The Lord took hold of me in verse number 1 of Ezekiel 37, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. This says it is hopeless. It is over. It is done. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. It was like Ezekiel was saying, I don't have a clue. If I have to answer a problem, not going to happen. But God, only you know the answer to that. You know, many times you and I find ourselves in places like that in our lives. Where we look at hopeless situations and we think there, there's no way that there's going to be a resolution. There is no way that this bad thing is going to turn out to be good. There, there is no way that this misery is going to turn into joy. There is no way. And many times we feel that we want to say, oh Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this. But only you know because I, I don't have a clue of how it's going to happen. For Ezekiel, this was 
the vision of Israel. Now when you look at your own circumstance the, and your own situation, you may sometimes feel like that. You look around it and it seems hopeless. Everything seems to have gone wrong. Everything you have planned is not working out. Your life seems to be in a mess or at least it's not what you want it to be. You see yourself in a valley filled with dead, dry Bones and the things that you had hoped for never realized. The things that you have dreamt about never came to pass. The promises that you received have never realized in your life. And you look at your circumstances and it feels like a valley filled with dry bones. But there's something about this valley filled with dry bones is when the Lord speaks to him and he says, Can these bones become living people again? What does that mean? It means that at some point in time they were living people. That means there was life. It means there was normality. It means that everything was kosher. But now they are finding themselves at a place where it's become very dry bones and that what that was is no longer there and it seems like there is no hope looking into the future when you look at your position and all you see is a valley of dry bones and you see no hope you wonder what happened to all the prophecies you have received. And you wonder about all the promises from God and from His Word that you have received. And now all of that seemed as though it had died. It was alive when you received it. It moved through your spirit. It energized you. It gave you hope when you received that word of knowledge, when you received that word of prophecy, when you received that revelation, when you received the promise from God. It energized you and it brought life on your inside. But so many of us stand today and look at our lives as a valley that is filled with dry bones. That which energized us before seems to be non-existent at the moment and we don't know where do we go from here verse 4 says then he said to me speak a prophetic message by the way I'm Using the New Living Translation. It says, speak a prophetic message to these bones. I want you to listen to that. Speak a prophetic message to these bones. Come on now. Speak a message to dry bones? You must be kidding. I want to speak a prophetic message to people that can hear me. 
I want to speak to live people. I don't want to talk to dead, dry bones. But he's saying, speak a prophetic message to these bones. What is that saying? Please don't, don't miss what I'm saying. Speak a prophetic message to things that were alive before. You get that? It was alive, it died. Speak to it now. Speak a prophetic word to that which was alive at some point in time. And say to it, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel obeyed the command of the Lord. In verse 7 it says, So I spoke this message. Everybody say, Speak. I can't hear you say, Speak. You see, if you want to bring life to something that had died, you're going to have to speak. So everybody at the count of three, shout it out loud. Say, speak. One, two, three. Look at your neighbor and say, speak. When you want to bring something that is dead back to life, you are going to have to speak to it with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I spoke to this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke. I think our problem is we have stopped speaking. We've given up. We've let it go. We've let it die. We have stopped speaking. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves a complete skeleton. Then as I watched, muscles, sinews, and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath. What we have done... All the equipping and training, all the fasting and praying, all the prophesying has not been in vain. But we now have to breathe the life of God into it. It's okay. Once upon a time, it was a valley filled with bones. But then each bone got together. The foot bone to the foot bone, the ankle bone to the ankle bone, the leg bone to the leg bone, the knee bone to the knee bone, the hip bone to the hip bone, the back bone to the back bone, the neck bone to the neck bone, the 
And it continues like that. But after that all come together, now we no longer have a valley filled with bones. We now have a valley filled with skeletons. And then flesh and all the rest of it came on. I need to move a little faster. I want to say to you, please listen to me, church. I believe there's a new wave of anointing that is coming to the church and also to your life. I believe we are about to see miracles and signs and wonders more regularly than ever before. I declare to you today that the season is coming back. I speak to those dead bones and I say to you miracles are coming back to the church. Blind eyes are going to see again. Deaf ears are going to open. Wheelchairs are going to be emptied. Crutches are going to fly through the air. Cancers are going to fall out. Tumors are going to dry up. People are going to be healed. I declare a prophetic word in the name of Jesus and I say miracles and signs and wonders. Hear the word of the Lord. Arise and come back to the church again. I believe that we are about to experience a new prophetic level with renewed power and authority. And we need to prophesy over the bones again and say, come alive and see how God begins to move. Verse 9 says, then he said to me, don't miss this. I'm probably going to have to try and land with this one. Then he said to me, verse 9, Speak a prophetic message to the winds. Prophesy to the Spirit. What does it say? Speak a prophetic message to the winds, Son of Man. Speak a prophetic message. Prophesy it is. Prophesy and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. Let me tell you what I got out of this. As I was studying and I was reading it. Let me read it just one more time. I've, I've added some parentheses here and there, but let me read it to you like I wrote it down here. It says, speak a prophetic message to the winds. The winds, the spirit. Prophesy to the spirit, son of man. Speak a prophetic message. Prophesy and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, a ruach, from the four winds, Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. When the Lord says to Ezekiel, prophesy to my spirit. Prophesy to the winds. It could very well also mean prophesy to your prophecy. Prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the spirit. 
prophesy to your prophecies. Command them to come alive. Your dreams, your visions, your promises. Prophesy to the inspired word you have and say to them, come alive. There are people listening to me right now, this man included. We have received prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled. And our problem is we've let go of them and they have died. And today they are lying in the valley like dead dry bones. We've received visions from God. We received dreams from God. We've received revelations from God. We received the rhema word from God. And it didn't come to pass. And instead of keeping it alive, we've allowed them to become skeletons and finally dead, dry bones. And I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is is when we receive a promise we want the results tomorrow. And if we can't get it tomorrow I'm going to let it die. God spoke to me out of his word. I received a rhema word. I was excited. I even testified about that. But when it didn't happen. Can can I just quickly remind you of Abraham? Abraham, you will have a son. And he will produce nations like the sand of the sea, the stars of the heaven. Me? I'm pretty old. God, have you checked out Sarah lately? Ibuprofen is not even working anymore, Lord. Uh, God says, you will have a son. A.B., he's going to have a boy. And the days passed and it became weeks and the weeks became months and the months became years. Promise from God. You will have a son. God, you spoke. You said it. It's going to have to happen. So Abraham does not give up on the promise. Now we find Abraham pacing the floor, pacing the desert, crying out to God. But God, you promised. God, you promised. God, you promised. God, you promised. Along the way, he made his own foolish decision, made a big mistake, but he didn't give up. He kept on saying, but God, you promised. God, you promised. He didn't give up on the promise. He didn't give up on what God had spoken to him. And he kept on crying out, but God, you promised. God, you promised. And the day came that Abraham held the promise in his arms because God had come through for him. But we don't do that. 
I can imagine that many times people looked at Abraham and said, Abe, I'm sorry, buddy, but I think you did not hear from God. You made the great proclamation that you're going to have a son. You said that you had a vision. You said that you had heard from God. <laughs> where, where are those promises now, Abraham? You must have missed God. You should never have done that. And they ridiculed him. But Abraham, on the other hand, knew down deep on his inside, I know that I know. I have heard from God. Things may stumble and they may fall. Things may go wrong. We may lose some on the way. But I'm not going to give up on the promise of God. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to remain going. I'm going to keep going. Because I know that I know. I may look foolish. I may sound foolish. But down deep on my inside. I know that I know. I know that I know. I have heard from God. I will keep on confessing my promise and won't give up on it. Therefore I say to you, to church, it is time for us to begin to prophesy to our prophecies. I think it's somewhere in Isaiah 43 where God says, remind me of this promise. Not like God forgets he wants to know if you and I remember. And I believe that today God has sent me with a word to Calvary. I, I believe, I'm, I'm not halfway done with this message, but I'm done preaching, I believe. Listen to me. I believe God has sent me with a prophetic word to Calvary Church this morning. And say to you, your dead dreams are going to live again. Your prophecies are going to come to pass. The promises of God are going to be fulfilled. The revelations are going to come. Some of you listening to me right now, God has said, your wayward children will come home. But they've not come home yet. But today we need to prophesy to our prophecies. There may be some listening to me right now. And God has said your unsaved family is going to come to Christ. But they've not come back yet. But today we're going to prophesy to those prophecies. And we're going to say come alive. We're going to say Spirit of God. Arrest them. Bring them to the cross. Perhaps you've received the promise of, of, of a financial breakthrough. It's not happened yet. And perhaps you've given up on that dream. And you're just struggling and stumbling along. But today, we need to recall that prophecy. We need to recall that promise. We need to recall that, uh, that revelation. And we need to speak to the Spirit. We need to prophesy to the prophecy. 
and say, I command you by the word of the Lord, come alive. Every promise I know it was of God, come alive. Every prophecy, come alive. Every revelation, come alive. Every dream, come alive. And make a proclamation by faith and begin to look ahead and see the greatest breakthrough of all time. I, I've got to tell you, last night I was restless before before I got into bed. I was praying in the Spirit. and I was just praying about our time together this morning. And I said, Lord, I do believe you're sending me to this great church with a prophetic word. Help me, Lord, to speak it with clarity. And the Lord said, let them just take action today. Not wait until tomorrow. But let them take action today and speak to their dead dreams and prophesy to their prophecies and prophesy to their promises. And my spirit, my breath, this is what I heard, my breath will come and bring life where it seems as though there is no more life left. And I believe that's what we have to do right now. I sense the mantle of the anointing, the yoke-destroying anointing shifting down upon this congregation right now. I want everybody to please lift your hands as high as you can get them. And as you lift your hands, please lift your head. You've been looking down long enough. It's time to look up this morning. And all over this place, begin to worship God. If you want to begin with praise, begin to praise Him. But then now I want you to begin to worship Him. But I want you to not think it. I want you to say it all over this place. I want you to begin to speak out loud. No, don't shout. But I want you to worship God out loud. If you want to worship Him in the Spirit, that's fine. But let me hear you. I'm going to be silent for a few moments because I want to hear your voices fill this place. I want to hear your worship fill this place right now, all over this place. That's right. Hands raised, heads raised, voices raised. Go ahead and worship God. Spirit of the living God, I declare that today is not just another Sunday. I declare that this is a prophetic Sunday. This is a prophetic moment, a moment of life, a moment of breath. Hallelujah.
I notice that most people are already standing. May I go ahead and ask everybody to stand, please? Will you help me by joining hands with the people next to you? Cross the aisles wherever you can. Move a little closer if you have to. You're holding the hands of two people. And two people are holding your hand. And three of you are coming into agreement now. And in this moment of agreement, I simply want you to keep those hands joined and lift your hands heavenward. Begin to pray for the two people whose hands you're holding. If you are filled with the Spirit and you want to pray in the Spirit, go ahead. Or otherwise, just pray in the understanding. But please pray loud enough so that both of them can hear you pray. What are we praying? God, let their dead dreams come alive. Let the promises come alive. Let the prophecies come alive. That's right, everybody pray. Everybody pray. Pray a little louder if you will. Oh, this is a glorious moment. Now, please listen to me. Let go of those hands. Open your eyes. Look this way. Just stand where you are. You don't have to move. Just stay where you are. It's now time to take charge and be like Ezekiel and speak to those dead bones. What are those dead bones? Prophecies that have not come to life yet. Promises that not have not been realized yet. Visions that have not come to pass yet. Dreams that have not been fulfilled yet. And before the enemy can steal it away from us, today we're going to prophesy to our prophecies. Please everybody look this way just for a moment. So I want you to take charge. I want you to lift one hand way high, probably your right hand in most cases. And then I want you to begin to speak to those prophecies. And you say, prophecy come alive. Dream come alive. Vision come alive. Call in your children. Call in your finances. Call in your healing. Call in your breakthrough. Come on. Go ahead now. Point to them. Say to them, dead bones come alive. Come on, speak to them in your own words. Call for those promises. Recall them and call them back to life. God has given you a promise. Repeat that promise and then call it alive. Call it alive. Speak to those dead bones. Speak to those dead dreams. Speak to a dead marriage. 
Speak to a dead relationship. Speak to a dead spiritual life. Come alive. Thank you, Jesus. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. Now, everybody, listen to me one more time. We've spoken to the prophecies in our lives. I want us now to speak to the prophecies over our church. God has given you prophecies. I am so sure about that. God has given you revelation. I know He's given you vision. I know that He's given you dreams. But today, I want this church in unity to begin to call alive every promise, every vision, every dream, every prophecy prophesy to the prophecies over this church call them to life call them to life everybody go ahead you want to lift your hands point down whatever you want to do but lift your voices come on with authority arise every dead prophecy mighty name of Jesus everybody out loud everybody say that father in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit we come today and we speak to every prophetic word every promise every dream every vision that you've given our pastor and that you've given to our church to come alive in the name of Jesus every one of them we believe we've heard from God therefore we say hear the word of the Lord prophecies come alive dreams come alive vision come alive works of God come alive in the name of Jesus, we declare it, it shall be done. Give the Lord a shout of praise.